What the? History. 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 Hello and welcome to What the History, your fortnightly history podcast that gives you a tasty treat, a bit of a snack, on the great buffet table of world history. That's beautiful. I thought so too. <laughs> Hello, yes, we forgot to mention in the last two podcasts that it was actually a fortnightly podcast. So, yeah, those people have been waiting around week to week with bated breath. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Fortnight, yeah. How bad. <laughs> but if you haven't listened before, if you haven't welcome. listened, welcome along. And uh, we probably should introduce ourselves. I'm your co-host, Trevor Holland, and I am joined by... Susie Holland, the other co-host. Yep. <laughs> And we are here to dig out the bizarre, the strange, and the downright weird stuff that will make you say, what the history? What the history, indeed. And so, without further ado... Okay, hi, okay, I'm going to introduce you guys and girls to Pope Joan, okay. Now, let's take a journey back to medieval Italy, say around the 10th century, where the Catholic Church ruled supreme. Now, the Pope, as everybody knows, is apparently God's emissary on earth. Okay, now the Pope is also crowned with the papal tiara. Yeah, not only do they get to wear the pretty robes, but they get the crown too, which is a large three-tiered crown shaped like a beehive and adorned with jewels. And really, I don't know how the hell they wore it, but it looks very heavy. Okay, now there's been several tiaras, and these have been in use from the 8th to the 20th century, and was last used by Pope Paul VI in 1963, where he decided he didn't want to wear the tiara anymore and renounced it. He just left it on an altar and left it. Um, and now it's sat now sitting pretty in the Basilica of the Natural Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C., after some U.S. Catholics bought it from the Vatican. Now... Everybody knows that all popes are being male, right? Wrong! Sorry, guys. Well, what if I told you there was a story dating from the 13th century that states a woman got away with being crowned pope and fooled the Vatican? And she was found out when she actually went into labour during a papal procession. Ouch. And there's a woman in papal garb wearing the tiara, the pope's tiara, on medieval tarot cards with the name translating to papess or popess. And this is in the Visconti Sforza tarot card deck from the 15th century. And uh, there's even the high priestess in modern day tarot cards as well, which is said to have come from those cards. What the history? Now, as a woman, I am proud. <laughs> Of this, of Pope Joan, um, oh, that's a st there's a story about her, whether it's true or not, and for someone to take on the entire Catholic Church and do what she wanted to do, regardless of gender, needs to be applauded. Yay! Yay for girls doing what they want to do. Hooray! Um, okay, here goes. I'll get off the soapbox. <laughs> um, the story begins in 9th century, uh, where a girl is born at Mainz in Germany, and she was taught Greek and Latin in a monastery and disguised herself as a boy to further pursue study. You go, girl. The story goes that she grew up, fell in love with a monk, and travelled with him to Athens in Greece, disguised as a monk as well, and using the alias John Angelicus. From there she travelled to Rome, Italy, and because she was educated and wrote well, Joan became a papal notary, otherwise known as a scribe, and rose up the ranks to cardinal, well, obviously still disguised. 
Joan went farther, um, and how further I should say, and was elected Pope in 855 as John VIII and reigned as supreme head of the Catholic Church for approximately two years when, as she was riding in a papal procession or getting onto a horse in the procession, the story differs here, she suddenly went into labour. Of course, there was much pandemonium for the Pope to be revealed as a woman and a woman in labour as well. <laughs> Ouch. And she was very quickly giving birth. Um, now, when she was outed by the, the birth of her child, um, there was all sorts of things that were allegedly attributed to her, her outing. And some guy called Petrarch wrote in the, please excuse my really crap Latin pronunciation, but it's the Chronica della Vitae di Pontifici e Imperatori Romani. Thank you. That was actually pretty good. <laughs> Chronic, which is in English, which I probably should have said, uh, Chronicles of the Italian Popes and Emperors, which was written in the 14th century. And I quote, Petrarch said, or wrote, in Brescia, wherever that was, it rained blood for three days and nights. Okay. In France, there appeared marvelous locusts, which had six wings and very powerful teeth. They flew, <laughs> they flew miraculously through the air and were all drowned in the British Sea. The golden bodies were rejected by the waves of the sea and corrupted the air so that a great many people died. Um, yeah, okay. So that allegedly happened when a woman was found to be Pope. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Petrarch, for that. That was really lovely. Now, the reports say that she was either taken from the horse, well, this is Pope Joan, uh, that she was either taken from her horse and paraded through the streets to be mocked, stoned and killed there and then, or forced to abdicate and then was confined doing many years of penance for her alleged crime. According to some documents, her son from the relationship grew up to be Bishop of Ostia, who when Joan died, he entombed her in his cathedral. Now, at this stage, the Catholic Church was very embarrassed about the whole thing and removed Joan's records from everything, you know, because they can't have a woman actually doing something that a man can do. Ha <laughs> ha. Okay, in the 17th century, the Siena Cathedral in Siena, Italy, now known as the, well, okay, bear with me on this one, Metropolitan Cathedral of St. Mary of the Assumption, uh, they put a bust of Joan on the church along with some other popes and it was removed after protests because yeah they can't have that sort of thing apparently and there's no pleasing some people now there actually have been books and movies about pope joan she's actually quite a popular feminist figure as well um, as you can probably understand the most recent movie was being released in uh, 20 uh, sorry 2010 which got the catholics upset again the that was declared a hoax from a newspaper of the italian bishops conference and the movie was adapted from a novel by the same name, authored by Donna Woolfolk Cross, who apparently did seven years of study into Pope Joan. My hat goes off to that girl. But honestly, if Pope Joan existed and the men were deceived, of course they were going to try and bury the story. It's just human nature. And But this is interesting here. Um, there is a papal chair. And please excuse again my Latin, this seed, uh, or sede, S-E-D-E, um, st stercoria, st oh gosh, stercoria, 
Ooh, <laughs> that all popes being crowned after Joan's time, they had to sit in this chair, which had a hole, a hole below the genital area, where a cardinal actually had to check the uh, if the pope was indeed a male. And that's a bit of a what the history in itself. Well, the history indeed. my crap pronunciations. <laughs> I think you did marvelously, and uh, I'm kind of thank you. I'm kind of glad I, I picked a topic. Which doesn't require me to say any Latin. Oh, yes. I love Latin. I love the language, but I just can't pronounce it. <laughs> I try. Well, you know what? History goes a long, long way back, but <laughs> it can also be quite recent when of you think course. about it. Of course, because um, history really can be a few seconds ago. It could be last week, last month, last year. Mm-hmm. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, millennium ago, and on and on and on. And it can even be in the early 90s. Ah, <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would like to talk about, an event from the early 1990s, where in a uh, wide range of very violent video games, one of the least violent of the time was actually pretty much responsible for the classification of violent video games. No, what the history? What the history? What? Okay. I'll stop now. All right. Okay. It's all good. It's all good. Okay, go. <laughs> now, age ratings for video games are pretty standard around the world, and they generally provide a good indication of suitability of content in this enormously popular form of entertainment. However, age ratings didn't really come into place until the early 90s. A number of games now considered classics did contribute to this. Famous titles such as Doom, Mortal Kombat, and Wolfenstein 3D gets, get some nods for this. But one game, a cheesy, grainy, not overly interactive full-motion video game, or FMV title, from 1992 is generally considered to have had the greatest impact. Now, initially produced for a never-released game console known as Nemo, which actually used VHS tapes instead of discs or cartridges, the footage for Night Trap was filmed over 16 days in 1987 before being confined to the archives. It was dusted off in 1991 when the footage was purchased by Digital Pictures, who had developed the game for the Sega CD console. Eventually released in October of 1992, the game met with good sales and mixed reviews. Quite possibly because very few games were released for the Sega CD, and a sizable portion of these were FMV games with even less interaction than Night Trap. The premise of the game was pretty straightforward. As part of the Sega Control Attack Team, or (laughs) SCAT for short... Oh dear, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. It was the player's job to keep an eye on security monitors, monitors placed throughout the mansion of Mr. and Mrs. Martin, a place where a number of people had disappeared over the last few years. Despite this history, a slumber party is happening. And during the night, vampiric creatures known as augurs, played by guys in black vinyl suits basically, appear to attempt to kidnap and drain the blood of the partying teens. Oh, dear. The player can set off traps located in each area of the mansion to trap them before the girls get caught. In practical terms, you had to watch six small grainy screens and select the correct one to press a button at the exact right time 
or the girl would be caught and you would have to start all over again. Which, I guess it was kind of considered advanced in 1992. The reason Night Trap is even remembered, especially compared to its FMV counterparts like Sewer Shark and Ground Zero Texas, how many of us remember those? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the main reason it is remembered is due to the controversy that exploded when it came to the attention of Senator Joe Lieberman in December of 1993. He took the lead in US congressional hearings about violence in video games and its effect on children. Because won't someone think of the children? Think of the children. Despite the fact that there were much more graphically violent games, such as Doom and Mortal Kombat, despite the average age of players on Sega CD being around 22, the main focus of these hearings was on Night Trap. It was described as disgusting, shameful, and ultra-violent. And Senator Lieberman had concluded the aim of the game was actually to trap and kill the women, with the player being rewarded for doing so with graphic footage of the scantily clad women being killed. It's unlikely that he ever actually played the game. Why doesn't that surprise me? Now, the main focus of all this was on what was referred to darkly as the bathroom scene, where a lady in skimpy-ish lingerie was trapped by augers using a device that looked a lot like a dog collar at the end of a pole. It was claimed by critics of the game to be a reward for, for the player, for allowing the woman to be killed, when in reality, it was a game over screen if you failed to stop the bad guys. Despite protest by the game's creators, it was withdrawn from the shells of Toys R Us. However, the neighbouring copies of Mortal Kombat stayed put. The hearings eventually ran out of steam, with pretty much nothing being decided. <laughs> the only noticeable outcome was an agreement from video game publishers to include better descriptions of age suitability on video game boxes which led to the creation of the Entertainment Software Rating Board, or ESRB, in the USA in September of 1994. Night Trap was re-released for the Sega CD, which some, with some cuts, such as the offending bathroom scene, and after the furor died down, uncut, better quality versions came out for the 3DO console, as well as Mac and PC computers. As a bit of an epilogue, in 2014, the creator of Night Trap launched a Kickstarter campaign to try to raise $330,000 for a HD remaster called Night Trap Revamped. Ooh. It failed after only reaching $40,000 in pledges. What the history. What the history, indeed. <laughs> wow. So, a, a game that was quite tame compared to the others led to the game classifications, which is a pretty big thing. Indeed. It's considered one of the most influentially... It's considered a very influential bad game. Mm. Doesn't sound like the best game, but yeah. Yeah. I, I have actually played this game, and yeah, it's not that good. Anyway. Cool. <laughs> and that... That's it. ...is our podcast for this fortnight we hope you've enjoyed our little snippets of history and if you would like to know more about what we've talked about all the links and references are in the podcast description down below you can also head to our homepage wthpod.rufusproject.com and you can 
uh, leave comments below this very episode if mm-hmm. you would like to uh, chat with us. You can also find What the History Podcast on Facebook, or you can send us an email to wthpod at rufusproject.com. Absolutely. Uh, you can also find What the History Podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast app and if you do subscribe hey why not rate and review us because apparently that's a good thing for people to do <laughs> just don't rate my pronunciation of latin yeah okay. no okay we, we know our latin is bad you don't need to tell us that <laughs> i like the language i just didn't get to study it yeah fair enough and so well that's it that's it for this episode of what the history We'll be back in a fortnight's time with some stuff to make you say, What What the the History? history. (laughs) Good night, all. Farewell.